Coyote Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Two Unlimited conquered the world in the 90s and scored a string of 16 hits in a row, including No Limit, Twilight Zone, Jump for Joy, Maximum Override, and Get Ready for This. Many of these hits revived in films and TV series like Any Given Sunday, Final Destination, Space Jam, and are still number one massive NBA and NFL Super Bowl sports anthems. With 22 million sales worldwide and gold and platinum awards in every country around the globe, 2 Unlimited is the most successful export product of the 90s. They also received three World Music Awards as Best Selling Artists of the Year. Up next on Slaves Vint, we've got Ray Slinghart from To Unlimited. Where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your life and how are you doing? Uh, well, in the first place, everything is going well. It's a, a big blessing because we're doing a lot of shows. Uh, every year, our thing is going down, but it seems like every year the night is getting more popular. Yes. So how my schedule looks now, every weekend we got two, three shows somewhere in the, well, most of the time Europe, of course, but... Uh, of course, we did Australia, we did Canada, and but now uh, the summer is very big in Europe. So some days we got three shows in one night. It's I'm crazy. Worried. And uh, well, we do a lot in Spain. We do Germany, Belgium, Holland, uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all all around actually. You know, we're still doing like eighty shows a year, something like this. Uh, yeah, the nineties is is still booming. You know, one time we can play at a like a corporate event for 500 people and the next day we're standing in Valencia for 22,000 people so it really various and and especially in Europe it's just like really big venues last year we did Germany was 50,000 people oh wow of course there were all the 90s artists from Snap, Hathaway, Alban yep. and them, Benga Boys so especially if you think about it now our first record came out in 91 which is already almost 33 years ago yes. and you know I just turned 52 uh, last week and uh, yeah it's just it's a blessing and but also kind of strange that after so long time that the, the 90s is still hot you know people still know the songs and of course especially people from my age it was their youth it was the first single they bought the first kiss or the first time they went out so, yeah, no, so uh, for me, I'm really, of course, when I started and when I wrote Get Ready for This in the beginning, I never thought it would be such a huge success. And even that 30 years later, they still play at the NBA in the States, at the big uh, uh, baseball, American football uh, yeah. game. So, yeah, it's evergreens, man. If you look at a, a lot of TV shows from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s being rebooted, and coming back so that whole feeling of nostalgia whether it's for music or entertainment or holding on to that childhood or that element because things are so hectic at the moment so i think it's a reminder of like okay this is when things were not maybe amazing in the world but maybe a little bit better no no, it was a time of freedom and yes you know more fell and you know so it was a new era and Mm. you know when i speak people you know i I never wanted to sound like an old man like back in the days everything was better yeah but i mean really a good time you know yeah, it was really absolutely we're going to get back to performing just now but let's rewind to the very beginning so first of all the question is why the name two unlimited well when i when i met up with the producers they had a demo from get ready for this and i was recording something with them for a totally different project 
And uh, my producer used to have a record uh, shop. So he had yeah. all the, you know, he was playing, he was DJing a little bit. And after we did the recording, I was just going to the to the records and I picked one. It's always a strange story. I was always saying like, God, just lead my hand to this record. Yeah. I took it was a white label and it says it said to unlimited. That was the working title. So when it, when I said to him, I said, you know, if you want to have a rap on it, let me write something on it. I never wrote a text in my life, but I was just trying to bluff a little bit. Yeah. So when I got the tape like a week later, I started to write the rap. But I also hear, I heard like a female hook in it. So I also wrote, it was just like this that I wrote. It was like in an hour. So I went back to him and I said, you know, yeah, I finished the rap, but I also got a, a part for a girl. Yeah, do you know any singers? Well, you know, I was I was doing break dancing and I was a little bit in the scene. So I knew a lot of people and uh, I knew about Anita. She was singing in clubs and stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, that could be, a, you know, we both... Both of our father are black and moms are, are, are white, so half black, half white. So the combination was perfect. And then the working title was too unlimited already. So it really fitted. Like it's two people, it's too unlimited. Yes. It, it's always so strange that, you know, I don't really believe in, in uh, coincidence, but yeah. it just came together and had to be like this, you know. So, so that's how uh, Too Unlimited came about. So let's rewind a little bit before. You said you're doing breakdancing and stuff. So at what age did you, whether it was a child or teenager, do you think, okay, cool. I want to be in the entertainment industry in whichever way or avenue that is. And how did that journey accumulate from then? Yes, then you mentioned you joined to Unlimited to where we are today. Let's find out your entertainment journey. Yeah, no, I was really interested in music always. I was never listening to dance music, always to hip hop. You know, my heroes were like L, Cool J, Public mm -hmm. Enemy, on DMC. That, you know, so I was really into the hip hop stuff. And I started to, you know, do some DJing and, you know, at the, the local clubhouse. And my grandmother had a house in Spain. And one day we were at the club and I just, you know, pick up the mic and I started to, yeah, whatever, you know, just blaring, oh, Spain, are you ready to party, whatever. And I was 13 years old. And on school, I was doing talent shows that most of the time I was winning. But for me, you know, I was, I'm studying to be a cook and uh, I wanted to be a cook. My dream was to have a restaurant. The other dream would, would be an artist, but it would be in the same context. Like, I hope I will, I win the lottery tomorrow. Yes. So it was this, it's, you know, it's not realistic. You always hope for it. Mm. So I never thought that, that that would be an option. And, you know, me looking at after that, Michael Jackson, which was my big example And when I went to the show in Holland, I remember it was in 87. I was at the show. I was a big fan of him. And I saw him with the outfits. And I, at that moment, I thought, if I ever going to be an artist, which I think that will never happen, I want to be in this. I want to bring a show. So yeah. if you see our outfit at the show, we also got leather with the bling. And, you know, I thought, like, yeah, it never, will never happen, you know. And uh, pretty much, yeah, I was 19 when we started. Uh, it was 19 September when the record came out. And within a month, it became it came into the UK charts at number two straight away. So, and I was I was a cook. I was a cook at the airport, you know. Okay. So it was like unbelievable. And yeah, and I wanted we could have done do some shows for promotion, but I couldn't get free. And uh, I said to my my chef, I said, you know, I'm gonna go the weekend. Can I get off? So no, 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 we cannot change it. And yeah, because I want to do shows. He said, shows. What kind of shows? Just go back to the kitchen and cook the food. And then I said, you know what? I, I stopped. So I quit right right away. So I called the producer, said, yo, I'm open. I want to do shows. I want to do the whole, you know, let's go. And yeah, and then it started, you know, then we, we, we signed a contract with him. 
and uh, got Anita involved, uh, informed because she was working at the administration at the police station. I said, you know, we can do some shows, but, you know, we really need to go for it. So I just quit my job. She said, really? Are you crazy? I said, no, well, I believe in it. You know, you never yeah. know what comes out of it. And I'm, I'm learned cook, so if it doesn't, this adventure didn't work out, I could always find another job because it was quite a good cook. So, yeah, and then it just like, it just boom, exploded, you know. And, you know, then after, of course, South Africa came, was really early, uh, started already to, and to, to uh, all the records became gold in the UK, in Holland, in South Africa, Australia. And, you know, before we knew it, we were in Japan doing shows in Australia, in South Africa. So, you know, it went pretty fast, you know, it went mm. faster than I could imagine. And, yeah, so it was a dream come true. From that very fast accumulation of success and things happening quickly, then how did things move forward from there? Pete Waterman from the famous record label PWL, you know, at yes. that time they were doing, you know, Jason Donovan and Rick Ashley. Yeah. Uh, he was the one who picked up the record. And so the UK was really controlling that because, you know, they had a big marketing machine and they knew exactly how to, they had good links with Top of the Pops. So before we knew we were at Top of the Pops, and then suddenly all the different territories in the world started to know about Tool Limited. And of course, it went, you know, it went good and we were touring. But when it, because I was always thinking like, you know, it's a dream. Tomorrow I wake up and I'm back in the kitchen. You yeah. know, I was realistic that I was like, enjoy the moment, Ray. And, you know, before you know, it, you're doing something else. But then uh, No Limit came out. And, you know, I'm a big uh, football fan, soccer fan. And it's like when No Limit came out, we went to the Champions League. You know, so it went like suddenly we had uh, bodyguards, we had business class flights, five-star hotels, yeah. people being at the airport. So at that moment, I really felt like, yo, this could be something serious, you know, could be a serious career. And at that time in 92, I was already living in Monte Carlo because Prince Albert, he was now the king. He was a big fan and you always had the World Music Awards. So before I knew it, I met him there and he was like, Ray, why don't you come live in Monte Carlo? And I, I didn't know much about Monte Carlo. I only knew that you don't pay tax there. So I thought, well, that could be something interesting. <laughs> before I know it, I was with Prince Albert and there was all these big artists that I met there. And because I was living there, very quick, you were one of those artists. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that in the top five next to Madonna, Michael Jackson, Take That and all the big stars, you know, yeah. so... Me, it was because my father always used to work in nightclubs. So for me, it was, I was a little bit used to this life. And, you know, my mom used to date musicians back in the day. So for me, it was not so strange. So for me, it was really quick that I rolled into this thing. And I was like, yeah, without being uh, arrogant or something, but more like, yeah, this is where I belong. So pretty fast, it was like, it became, especially when No Limit came out, it became really quick that it was a normal way of living. And are you guys looking at releasing new music currently are working on that or focusing on the repertoire uh well for, for me uh we had some remixes i know uh, my producer is talking about it a lot with a lot of people about this i see that david guetta is releasing a lot of you know he had what is love he had blue now yes. uh, Mabush came out but you know i really want to do new music but my producer uh, don't really believe in it so that's a shame um i'm talking already for years about it because i I'm a. I'm also a songwriter, of course. I wrote ninety percent of Two Unlimited, so I'm doing also beside Two Unlimited. I'm doing. I got a record coming out next month with a guy from Milli Vanilli, uh, which is going to be a banger. Okay. And I'm working hard. I had a song with a guy from Aqua from Barbie Girl. He's also a good friend of mine. So with Two Unlimited, it's a shame, but he doesn't want to do it anymore. Maybe some remixes. 
but you will hear more from me for my my solo things that I'm going to do. So because you know it's it's something that I really you know I manage artists, I produce artists, and you know I'm still going to do it a couple of years touring. But after that, I just want to have a production company which I yes. already have, but really you know come out with new projects. You know, so that's that's my goal actually. Okay, your creative process from zero to a three to four minute song, whether you writing or producing for yourself or for other artists. Let's dive into your creative mind and creative world. How does that how does that happen for you? Uh, well, with, with Too Limited, it was most of the time Philip the Wilder. He was the one who made the, the demos, the songs. Yep. And he sent it to me and to Anita. And yeah, we just got a feeling with it. You know, it was just like, for example, if I would hear uh, the demo from Tribal Dance, it was like African drums in it. Yes. So then I think like, okay, African, tri- Tribal, hey, Tribal, Tribal Dance. Okay. I always took the title first. And from the title, I started to work. And that most of the time, it, it always went, I always got the inspiration from the music. And No Limit, actually, which was our biggest hit. It was number one in 35 countries. Mm. It's the song that we both didn't feel. Nobody felt the song, not even the producers. Okay. And we put it on a trip because the, the album was finished. It was already supposed to call No Limits, but we still had this demo. It was like, this demo is still there. What are we do, doing with it? And then we, we flew from Australia to Japan, so from Sydney to Tokyo, and, you know, I said, you know, with the Walkman, I said, you know, I need to, we need to do something with this song. And I always had in mind uh, uh, Crystal Waters, Gypsy King, and, you know, yes. Queen. La dee, la da, da, yeah. La da. Yeah, yeah. But like, it should be something like this. And pretty much we came, we already knew the album was going to call No Limits. So we needed an anthem song. And, and then it was No Limit. And we wrote that song within an hour. It's very strange, you know, because so, I hear it from many artists, like, there's songs that you know, focus on. And think, yeah, let me do it anyway. And you write it in an hour. And there's certain songs that takes like sometimes weeks that you don't yes. get inspiration. But with no limit, when we really sat down and put the Walkman on, it was like, yeah. And she came with a no, no. I said, hey, that's dope, you know. And, and then we put it together. We sent it over as soon as we arrived in the hotel in Japan. And yes, yeah, so yeah, we got something with this irritating demo that we all didn't feel it. Yes. And yeah, then it's your biggest hit ever, you know. So that's, uh, yeah. That's how it goes. You said you got, oh, you're moving into your own production company and you're managing with other artists and collaborating with them. So moving away from Turn Limited, when you collaborating with production or producing or managing these artists, what is your process and how is that different to when you're into Unlimited? Uh, well, uh, I work with several producers. Uh, most of the stuff that I'm doing besides Turn Limited, because I really still like rap music, it's, it's more like uh, the song that I'm doing with Millie Vanilli is uh, like an urban kind of Latin Caribbean kind of style. Okay. Well, it's, it's all music that I what I grew up with, and I put all the elements. There's a little dance in it, but it's a little bit hip hop in it. But you know, so it's just a mixture of. And I always trying to do something beside Too Limited to, to do something else, different sounds than Too Limited, because that the people already know me from this. And I also want them to get to know me on the, on the other side, you know? Yes. I mean, I could buy gangster rap if you want, but I don't live in the ghetto, so I, could, I would be lying if I said, <laughs> yeah, they're shocking. But yeah, I know, I know and I love a lot of different kind of music, so if I always also will come with a solo album, which I already started to do, it's got elements of everything in it. I'm singing on the album, uh, there's rock influence in it, because I, you know, I also like some rock, mu- rock music. So yeah, just something, is, it would be like... Uh, a masterpiece of my life, you know, how my life went from 
listening to Madonna also back in the days, but also listening to UB40 and listening to Kid Creole and the Coconuts and yes. Cool and the Gang. Those were the people that I loved. So it was not only rap, but all these influences of all this, the sounds together. Yeah, so there could be a life story on the on the record. So that's a life story with of your own, but also when you're producing other artists that you bring yeah. that story through through them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. I love this game. And I know if I had to ask you this question in four days, four hours, four minutes, four months, I know and recognize your answer will be different every single time. And I appreciate that. But if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we have finished this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom? Well, yeah, that's for sure. It's a song of Michael Jackson. And to choose one, man, there's, there's a lot, of course, but... Uh... Yeah, I think really it's uh, for Michael Jackson would be uh, Beat It. I mean, I love the Prodigy too. You know, that okay. was actually the first thing I did. So, you know, I'm always going with memories because there's so many songs, but I yeah, always yeah. have a memory with Yeah, when we did our first show in Scotland, uh, Prodigy was performing there, you know, and I really loved uh, Prodigy and it was uh, You're Not Good For Me or something like okay. this. Then it could be, uh, yeah, Cool and the Gang, Get Down On It. Okay. Because there was also period when you know i used to go to the concerts and, and stuff like this on a on a on a rap base yeah it would be uh l cool j i'm bad okay there, there was all these records on my wall and I had a little dj stand i was always dreaming like you know i think madonna madonna holiday you know because it's all in the same era and it's all like yeah, yeah. you know the age my influence you know and yeah and of course I was listening to motown because my parents were listening to this and you know, so, but this, but, you know, like you say, if you ask me tomorrow, I will come exactly. up with a whole new... You know, but, uh... I know, that's why I love this game, because <laughs> if you had to ask me the same question right now, I'd like, oh, okay, these are the five. But then if you ask me two minutes later, there'll be another five. So it's just interesting oh, no, to hear. No, it's, it's just at the moment what comes in your mind, you know? Exactly, so, completely. Uh... I love a CD. I love the experience of holding it, the journey of, you know, it being delivered or going to the store and... For me, it's an energy exchange to say thank you to you guys for all the hard work you've done. Physical is making a massive comeback with regards to CDs, vinyls, and cassettes. But we've got these streaming platforms that people consume music on. And what is your thoughts around the physical, the digital, and the way people interact with music these days compared to previously? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's really a topic that I talk about a lot with, especially with Fab from Milli Vanilli, because he's a little bit older, and of course Milli Vanilli was just before Too Unlimited. Uh, so we talk about these kind of things. I mean, I know rappers out here, you know, they got 20 million streams, 30 million streams, but, you know, we sold 22 million records. Yes. And people used to go to the record store. I mean, I know for myself, when the new Michael Jackson came out, I was the next morning, I was there at 8 o'clock to get a copy. Uh, so for me, that's a little bit of shame. I mean, my son, he's 27, he makes music too, he's a rapper. And, you know, yeah, he, he just sent me a new track and he's going to put it on Spotify and say, yeah, okay, cool. And I know with with the new song that we're bringing out, we also have to put it on Spotify. But for me, I would really have the records, you know, because that was, I had all the records and all the pocket money that I had. Or yeah. when I was big dancing on the street and I got some money, I straight away went by the records, you know. So this feeling, of course, respect for all the, the new artists now and all the rappers in Holland and, you know, and they bragging and boast. We got, yeah, but I only said, like, in my time, people would just go, you know, when it, the moment it came into the store, it was already shipped gold because so many people were demanding for it. And also with the, with the 
MTV when a new video from Tool Limited yeah. came, people went boom, you know, and now you, oh, you're on your phone, you're, okay, yeah, nice, next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but we used to wait for MTV, the new Michael Jackson came out, man. So it was an event, you know, like yeah. now you would look at World Cup, you would get the popcorn out, you know, get the soda, and oh, it's coming, you know, it's like an event, and you were look, looking forward to it. And that's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit of pity now. I mean, my daughter, she's 18, she really loves music. Luckily, she likes a lot of 90s music also, but also the 90s urban uh, R&B. And uh, yeah, and I just see there's not, not much interest because, you know, you can only hold them for, for a minute, you know, and then there's something else. And, and It's yeah, even and less than a minute now. It's like five seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, but, and that's how you also see in the charts back in the days. You know, we used to stay two months in the charts with one song mm, because, yeah. you know, people are really fan of you to put a poster on and kids don't do that now nowadays anymore yeah, yeah. you know for me that's a little bit of shame and I'm, i always uh, feel like i really had a nice youth you know because we didn't have the phones we didn't have all yeah. this extra things and yeah if if uh, they called if i was home no he's outside okay and now if somebody app you and they saw that you really why did you pick up the phone? <laughs> no no you know and this is it brings too much stress and also for the younger yeah, people yeah. now you know much stress they need to perform they need to answer they need to and back in the day it was just like if i'm not home not home well i try in an hour again yes and i'll be making some tree and playing around you know yeah. and now it's all Nintendo and uh, immediate so it's immediate. That's a little bit of shame and that's why i'm really happy uh that i experienced you know i'm from 71 so uh, i really had a nice youth you know so yeah. i think better than my i mean i teach them everything i you know we go to miami now tuesday my my biggest one already been and my two youngest not so for me to experience but daddy was already doing it big in miami in the 90s man like you know with the bottles and all that stuff so so i'm going to show them now for for my side like you know the nice stuff and uh so that, that's a good thing but still you know they be of course filming everything putting everything on instagram it's normal yeah, yeah. it's a different with it myself too it's you know it just creeps in you know that's why i'm glad my youngest he's 10 he plays football he loves to play football so at least most of the time he's outside playing football. Uh, and yeah, in the evening he plays his Nintendo, he's on TikTok or whatever he's doing. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's not much fantasy anymore uh, with the kids nowadays. That, yeah. That's a shame. Now, you mentioned earlier on that you perform, like you can perform at a corporate event for 500 people and the next day at a festival or something for 20,000 people. So what's the yeah. difference for you when you have the smaller crowds of the corporates to the bigger ones? Do you approach it the same, the same energy, or is there a different feeling from each? And what keeps you going to be on stage? What do you enjoy about it? No, well, uh, for me, performing is really my passion. You know, I mean, uh, we do weekly a show with many, many artists. I'm not gonna name, I'm not gonna name no names, but there's a lot of artists who just do it for the money. You know, and if you see me on stage, you really see that I'm enjoying myself. Mm. And if it's 500 people, I will come with the same energy, man. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, 20,000 people, of course. You know, it's a different when 500 people sing no, 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 or 20,000 yeah, yeah. people. You get, you know, goosebumps. But I will always deliver. I will always give my best and always, I won't leave until all the hands are in the air. And, you know, and, and that's my passion, you know, and that I think too limited. Really, our show is very good, and we really interact with the people, and we really give it our, our all. You know, there's not a, I'm not going to stand there. I cannot even stand. If you see my stage, you if you want to film me, you'll be like this because I'm there <laughs> all over the place. 
Yeah, it's you know, it's show for me, and that's why I said when I looked at Michael Jackson, I said if there will be a chance, I want to bring a show. You know, yeah. I, I want to show, and it's not just performing. You know, it's a show. It's an experience. And um, maybe sometimes you forgot more fun than the people in front of me, you know. So, Ray, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. As a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? Uh, well, to, to the people out there, yeah. I just, uh, you know, I just hope that uh, we can get more shows to share our 90s music because it's a nice experience. Yeah, I experienced a lot of great shows. And, you know, the only thing I want to say is just, you know, to stay, stay positive out there. And I know there's a lot of... Uh, shit going on in the world uh, but you just need to stay close to yourself and you know go for your goals it, it sounds really like cliche but i experienced myself and you know after two unlimited also uh i also stopped i fell in i lost a lot of money and you know i think a lot of people who experienced what i experienced they would already jump from the building but i always believed in myself because i knew i'm going to come back with two unlimited and now i'm already doing it again for for so many years again and uh yeah, that's for me. You know, do what you love because I mean, it's not easy. It's not so easy that everybody can do what they love, you know. But yeah, strive for it. You know, strive to be to be happy. I mean, I think you love to do radio or your podcast. You know, that's something that gives you enjoyment. Yeah, man, stay close to yourself and just enjoy life because it is short, right? It is, and it uh, goes really fast. You know, yeah. and hopefully, I'm only halfway. Hopefully, <laughs> and. Uh, Everything for that, you know. I'm, I'm I'm trying to live healthy and you know do my thing and uh, and just have fun, whatever you do, man. Yeah.